Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fortress Comic News, episode 333.2. I'm again solo today with another great interview with Will Robson. Will is also a returning guest, and it's been a while since we talked to Will. Uh, if For people who have been with the show for a while, you'll remember us having an interview with him where he was working on the Great Lakes Avengers over at Marvel, a book I really enjoyed, a cast of characters I really enjoy. And now he's gotten further in his career. He's he's making the move to writing while also doing art on the side, still doing a lot of great covers, writing for different companies, and doing his own solo work. And recently he had a book that was supposed to be published with IDW as part of their IDW Originals program. Uh, with all the whatnot that happened over there, uh, you can go back to past episodes to hear more about that. That book got canceled, and he moved it over to Zoop and is crowdfunding it. But he's also working on this book, Outbreaks, a zombie anthology book that he's really proud of and is currently on Kickstarter. So we talk a lot about that, what happened at IDW, the Zoop campaign, a bunch of different stuff, and it's a really great conversation. I always love talking with uh, Will, uh, and I just hope you guys enjoy the conversation we had. But before we jump over that, follow me at Fortress Chris on social media. doesn't matter what it is. I'm probably there. You can find me on, at Fortress Chris. You can find the show on X at Fortress Comics underscore, and if you want to support the show, there's patreon at patreon.com slash fortress comics or an amazing way you can help the show that means the world is five stars on your podcatcher or mobile reviews and to like subscribe share comment down below on our youtube channel so enough of that plugs let's get over to my interview with will robson All right, everybody, we've got another very special guest for you all this week. I want everyone to welcome back to the show, Will Robson. Welcome, Will. Thank you for letting me know that I've been on here before, before embarrassing myself with setting <laughs> me up there. Because I was on here, it must have been, if it was for the Great Lakes Avengers, that must have been years ago. Because that was 2016, I think, when I was doing that book, 2017. Yeah, those were earlier years of the show. So we're in 2013. We've been around for eight years now. So, yeah. Wow. You were an early early interview well that's cool man which probably at the time i was like oh my god i can't believe we got him because i love the great lakes avengers and that book <laughs> was so much fun yeah it's a shame that one got canceled i mean everyone yeah. involved loved working on that but that book's cancellation led to me getting to work with tom mcfarland so you know the the silver linings right yeah what is it whenever a, a door closes a windows opens or something like that so. a window <laughs> yeah well <laughs> yeah. <Or> a trap door <laughs> So, yeah, so, I mean, like you said, you've been on the show before, so we don't have to do the whole origin story. If anyone's interested in that, you can find the old interview. I'm sure we did it back then. But, uh, Will, you've had a journey since then. Like you said, you got to work with uh, McFarlane and doing uh, the cool books there and a few other things. But I think, well, I'd like to focus on the past, like, year or so of what you've been doing because you've had an interesting kind of story over this past year of what's been going on. You were part of the IDW originals line, which I was personally touting as a great idea for IDW. I thought it was something good for them to get kind of a new IP out there, not just doing the same old IP mill books. 
as much as I like some of those books. Uh, and that didn't go so hot. So, I mean, would you like to talk a little bit about that process? What happened there? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, around the pandemic, I was drawing damage control for Marvel. Um, and I was still trying to figure out like, I, you know, writing is my true passion, right? And it always has been, and I've just been trying to figure out how to finally put my like foot down and figure out how to break in as a writer. And Marvel shut their doors because Diamond shut their doors during the pandemic. So I was out of a job for like eight months in 2020. And during that time off, I was like, this is it. Like I got to knuckle down and, and become a writer because this is the time for me to try and switch gears. So that's, that's what I, that's when I started deciding like, it's finally time for it to happen. And that's why I'm putting together like my Kickstarters and stuff today. Um, so I started doing a little bit of writing for dynamite, which was fun. Uh, Vampirella and Red Sonja and Deja Thoris and stuff like that because they really liked my art. So through that, I got opportunities to write, which was great. Um, and then I've, I have written for IDW before. I, I wrote a Casey Jones one-shot story for them and drew Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I've, I've just been always at emailing editors pictures, right? Whoever is doing creator-owned stuff at these companies, I've, I've been editing. So there was this one editor at IDW that I've worked with before and we sort of, they let me know, hey, just let you know, we're going to have a new creator own line and um, would you like to like keep pitching to me? Just keep sending ideas uh, because they've always liked my work. So I started sending them ideas. Uh, I had one pitch, which was like this huge, cool ghost story that I still really love that I want to do. But I found that through the process, uh, you know, the lot of the higher ups, they want stuff to change as stuff goes on. And I didn't like the changes they wanted for that book. So I actually backed out of that one, which was like a huge decision for me. Cause I'm like, I really want to break it as a writer. Um, and I have this opportunity where they're like, Oh yeah, we'll pick up this book, but you need to change this and this. But I believed in that story so much that I was like, ah, let me think of something else for you guys. So this was a process for like two plus years of me continuously pitching to IDW to this editor and then I started catering the pitches more towards their interests uh, on purpose. And we, we discussed it ourselves and got a book through to them that they really liked, which is Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. Um, got that uh, approved by the higher ups. Um, and, you know, a lot of people I saw when my book was announced that it was canceled. I said it had taken me like two years to get the book off the ground. A lot of people were like, oh, you're so lazy, like two years, like that's so long. I'm like, you don't understand the process of this stuff at all. Like no. it, there's so many layers of approval. So first you have to get the, the basic idea approved. Then there's interest, right? And then you have to fill out like a huge like sheet of like, this is the backstory. This is the main story. This is the theme. This is why it's important today. Here's the fan base that would like it. Yada, 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 yada. IDW has a structured form for that. You work with the editor to get that catered perfectly towards the higher ups. And remember, these editors are editing comics. So it's not like they're like waiting for you to hand this in like, oh, and I'll get on it right away. No, they're, they're busy people. So it's a long process. So you do that. Then it gets sent to the higher ups. Then they give their feedback. So you change it to their feedback. And then once they approve it, then you have to go into breakdowns of every single issue. And that takes a long time because you've got to get editor approval for the whole story breakdowns. 
Then it goes to the higher ups. They obviously change everything. So you have to then go back, prove it, yada, yada, yada. It's a huge cycle to finally get everyone, you know, it's like a Mexican standoff, right? Like everyone's pointing the gun at each other. It's like, are we ready? You ready? Like, you know, it's like, we don't know if we're ready yet. Um, so it finally got approved. And then we were suddenly off to the races. And, and I, I started writing the book uh, this summer. And, you know, it was fantastic. Like uh, just writing a book uh, and originally I wasn't even supposed to be the artist for this book because uh, I wanted to try and push myself away from becoming a, a writer artist. Cause I really just want to be a writer at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So we had another artist attached, but they had some incredible like major health issues. So they had to back out totally understandable. And I didn't want the book to die. So I was like, I'm going to step in and, and I'll be the, the artist for the book. So uh, I drawn like, I think four or five pages for the book um, but mainly writing, I wrote two and a half scripts. And then just one Monday last month, I was just finishing writing half of issue three. And it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I checked my email and it was just like out of nowhere, like, hey, just let you know the book's been canceled. Um, and we're sorry, it has nothing to do with your work. It's just a restructure at IDW. Uh, here's your rights back, which is great. You know, I know, I know there's a lot more horror stories out there where people don't get to retain rights or they do something where they hold you back from making the book for like five years elsewhere or whatever awful corporate stuff someone invents that's greedy. Um, Action Labs. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, that was the story behind Action Labs was uh, there's still a few writers. um, I think he, I'm not going to say who because I don't know if it's public or not, but there's one bigger writer right now that's still fighting with them to get a couple of books back. I think I know you're talking about. Um, So, yeah. So I immediately just went to Twitter and I was like, well, this sucks. Like my book got canceled. And like, the thing is, is like, I saw other people saying like, ah, well, you know, you've retained the rights. Like, it's fine. Like you could take it elsewhere. And sure I can, but like, you have to understand this was a huge opportunity for me personally, because it was a major publisher that signed me on as to writing. So there I'm already considered you know professional enough to be a writer because look i've been drawing comics professionally for the past decade but breaking in as a writer is so much harder than breaking as an artist because if you're an artist you just hold up a piece of paper with a doodle on it and they're like that's good you can draw my book right but like with writing like no one's going to sit down and like read your scripts or anything you actually have to invest money and and make comics and stuff like that because i was actually pitching to marvel a few years ago and one of the owners editors was really honest with me and and i don't take offense to this but they're like look we're freaking marvel comics like no offense but you gotta go somewhere else and like build up your resume to come back to write for us and i'd already been drawing for them for like six or seven years so i was like fair enough that's exactly what i'm gonna try and do so yeah i was just super psyched and you know the great thing about iw is they got a uh, direct connection to hollywood so you know adaptation was on the table for the stuff we were making like the a lot of their approval stuff was, was focusing on trying to develop, create our own stuff and turn it into franchises and this, that. And the mm-hmm. other. So that was exciting, right? Like I was like, great. As a kid who went to film school and wanted to be the next freaking Quentin Tarantino and then realized that making independent movies is far too expensive to invest in. <laughs> like that was, that was a dream. Like, so I was really bummed out. And, you know, funnily enough, recently I've had, uh, I wasn't as upset when it first happened. But now it's been like a month and time's passed. It's actually been affecting me mentally like really bad. I've been getting like super depressed and like some anxiety and panic attacks because of it. So 
anyway, trying to work through that type of stuff. But um, yeah, it, it, it sucks. So I posted about it. It got picked up. People uh, were like listening. And then I found out I wasn't the only one, right? Like, there was tons of other books that, that all happened. And, and I, I, I've signed something where I can't say like the exact reason why certain things have happened. So I, but you know, it has nothing to do with the quality of work. At the end of the day, it, comics are a business, right? And like mm-hmm. the old saying, it's not personal, it's business, is so true. So that's why I hold zero animosity towards IW for what happened. Am I mad it happened? Of course I am. Like I spent years doing those pitches. And when you do those pitches, it's not like you get paid to do them. That's all free work of like building and building and building the story until it's finally approved. You know, I spent hours and hours and days of my life putting that together uh, for absolutely for free because this, at the end of the day, comics is the people that do this really have the passion for it, right? You can't do anything else. So that's upsetting. But at the end of the day, it's a business. I get it. If if it doesn't fit their bottom line, then it's not going to work out. So I was sadly a part of that. But now I'm bringing the book uh, to Zoop, which is a, a crowdfunding platform that's fairly new that just focuses on comics. And the reason I went with Zoop is because uh, they do all like the fulfillment and they do a bunch of other things as well. Like they've set me up with interviews with tons of different uh, uh, news sites and things like that. And they're doing a bunch of other behind the scenes stuff that was appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I took the book there. And also the, the, the best thing is, is that they control the crowdfunding funding platform. So they were like, we can put up a large page like immediately if you want to so you can like basically like everyone's talking about your project being cancelled right now we could put something up there and we can get people signed up now and i was like well we should do that so because you know the way news works like it's the moment a week's gone no one cares anymore no one even remembers so so we're going to try out zoop i don't know how it's going to go like it's very different from my outbreaks book because outbreaks is a huge just passion project of mine like i don't make any money off of that book i i've sunk thousands of dollars into that book uh to pay the artists and like the the point of that project is is to make money just so it could be colored printed and shipped and whatever extra money i make i put right back into the book like Mm -hmm. just because i know it's quite a niche thing like not everyone loves zombies but i'm a zombie mega nut so i just want that book to exist like i just love it so much so that's different where between the devil and the deep blue sea i'll have to be looking to raise more money because um i'll have to live off of that book right if i want to make that book um i'll have to ask for a number that gets me an income because my outbreaks is what i do in the evenings and, and in the mornings and you know i don't get paid for that so it's just pure passion but i need to make some money i can't you know have my wife uh you know take all the reins on all the finances <laughs> so yeah anyway rambling now yeah yeah, I, I personally, I like Zoop. I think they still have some uh, kinks to, to work out, but they seem to be going in the right direction and they seem to be working on those things. So I, I don't really uh, hound on those things too much. But as a platform, I really like it. And I, I from every creator I've talked to, I like that they kind of handle more of the back end to yeah. let you guys just go out and do interviews and just worry about making the book as opposed to all the stuff you have to do with a Kickstarter campaign that can be grueling at times. Yeah. I just did fulfillment on the the first outbreaks campaign and me and my wife were spent. Oh my God. It's so much work. And and like, I only had to send out, I think about 68 packages or something like that. 
Um, but that was tough. Like it was just like, and it sounds so stupid. Like you're building boxes and putting like paper in it and making sure everyone's orders right and sending it off to America and get getting everything printed and yada yada yada. It's not that tough of a thing to do, but it was overwhelming. So not having to do that on Zoop, great. Yeah, and and you being uh, in the UK, having to ship it out overseas for a lot of creators in, in the United States. A lot of their businesses in the United States, so the shipping's fairly cheap. I mean, it's still expensive, I know, but not too bad. But overseas shipping, just crossing the border from the U.S. to Canada shipping is outrageous. So, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other thing in that itself. Yeah, I didn't budget my shipping costs correctly for the first one. I went over by about uh, 500 pounds. So I've worked that into the, the current Kickstarter because... I'm I'm happy I got overfunded last time. Otherwise, I would have been screwed. <laughs> but then again, my me and my wife we wanted to make the packages special. So, like we we had like little lollipops in them with zombie eyeballs on them, and like green like zombie paper. And she like folded it up in like black paper with a in an envelope shape with like a zombie sticker on it. All the comics are bag and boarded with like zombie stickers on the back. And uh, like all the trading cards are like slabbed, like it's it's a pristine, lovely like package you receive. But we realize it costs like triple the amount to send it like that than regularly. But whatever, it's done. It's yeah, it was great. I so I guess to say to everybody, like I backed the first book, I read the first book, really enjoyed it, and and we'll get more into depth on, on outbreaks, but. The packaging when I got it was it was different from most other Kickstars you get because normally you get that Gemini box from a lot of Kickstarters, yeah, which are awesome. And you did something a little different. And I'm pulling everything out, and I you have the packaging material in there, and I'm like, what's this hard thing in the middle of it? And it was a lollipop. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I kind of laughed to myself. I was like, that's cute. I like, yeah. I like that. That was all my wife's idea. Um, and a lot of people have been throwing them away because they just blend into the green paper too much so i've seen people online being like there was a lollipop in there i threw it away like oh no well the next if, if we do get funded on the next campaign we've switched now my wife we actually found it today because it's halloween uh gummy eyeballs and like gummy uh like other zombie body part stuff just so it fits in the box a bit better and has less weight so that'll be the end of the lollipops yeah, I actually, I did throw mine away and I looked down because there was something hard in there and I noticed it because I was literally just pulling the packaging out and just putting it right in the, the trash and um, I felt it and it fell down. And I saw it and I was like, it's a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> so I almost did myself. Well, we did it because when I buy art supplies uh, from this place, I think it's called cultpens.co.uk is the website. Mm-hmm. Without a fail, anytime I buy new pens to draw with, they always send like a little thing of Haribo in it. And my wife's and I have always weirdly appreciated that. And it's kept our business specifically with them. We're like, well, that's the company that sends us Haribo. So we have to order our pens with them. Um, So that's why we did it, because I thought it was a silly little thing. Yeah, I've said forever. I've said forever now with Kickstarter campaigns and any whether you use Kickstarter, Zoop, Indigo, whatever you use. You need to make it somewhat special for the backers, because presumably they're over. I don't want to say overpaying, but they're paying more than the the regular comic for this. No, they are definitely overpaying because it's yeah. it's paying for a much smaller printed product, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone on Kickstarter is pretty smaller, so in a way that that creates more value anyway. Because I mean, the print run for Outbreaks issue one, I think I only printed like 
a hundred copies of each uh, comic. Okay. Um, so, and when uh, I'm I'm offering issue one again in the current Kickstarter, and I, I when I reprint it, it will say that it's second printing and stuff like that. So, and I'm doing that on purpose so that people know that they, if there ever is value to any of this stuff, there's only a hundred in the world. It was this many printed, like. I always like that in, in the collector's world. Like you look at like the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics and you're like, oh, with this one, with this, and this is like the OG one. Like that's that's like what people love. So in a way that I think that helped create value. Uh, and then another thing I appreciate is if you get overfunded, uh, start giving people free stuff so that their initial investment gets worth more and more and more as you get more and more funded. Mm. Uh, I think that's just a really nice thing to do because, yeah, I, I'm asking for £10 for a single-issue comic. Now, it may be 10 or 15 pages more story-wise than your regular comics, so you're kind of pay paying for two comics. But then you get, like, the trading cards and the stickers and, and signs and, like, all this and bagged and board and all this extra stuff that hopefully makes it feel worth it. And one thing I was told that I think is really true about Kickstarter is don't skip your packaging like make it look good because that's the final impression that you leave on a backer right like mm -hmm. when they receive your kickstarter it's that's it like for the whole experience so if it comes like in a beaten up box with like no love in it it's going to really reflect like that you don't maybe potentially care about their backing and it was all just a business or that you know they weren't a part of some sort of experience like i like making it special because Kickstarters are special, right? Like you're crowdfunding a really niche little product for specific people that either believe in you or believe in the product. So put your all into it, especially if you get overfunded. Like spend the extra money on the green freaking paper. I know it costs more, but it looks great, you know, and all that type of stuff. So I really believe in that. Definitely. And with with the Zoop campaign, I mean, so they take care of all that. Is there any worry of the packaging and how it's going to come to backers when that's done? I uh, I think that you know I I chat with the, the the guys that run that and everything is fully open to talking about and like so it's not I don't think they would ever put their foot down with stuff I think there's ways to communicate and do things with that because there's fun stuff I definitely want to do with that book that with the packaging that caters towards uh, that style of story um, so I definitely want to do some fun things for those packages. Uh, and I know that they'll be open to talking about that. And also, it can, even if it came down to a thing where it's like, oh, that's going to cost extra, then I'll pay extra for it. You know, they're, they're so open there. Like, it's, it's, I like that it's a bit more smaller scale because it's full, fully able to, to chat and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and Zoop's going to be interesting because the way their platform works is, you know, on Kickstarter, I made all these different uh, packages, right? Like, for, and I had in mind, like, all right, I'm a new buyer. And I want to buy issues one and two. So what type of rewards should I be catering to that person? I'm I'm a, someone that's coming back and now wanting to read issue two, cater towards that, yada, 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 yada. So you build all these little packages to make sure you've covered all your bases so people at different levels know what they're going to get. But with Zoop, it's kind of just like a store. Like basically you have to, you buy, if you want to back the book, you buy a copy of the book, right? And the moment you buy a copy of the book, then you're open to like a storefront, essentially. Like, mm -hmm. okay, you back the book. Would you like to have like a pin? Would you like to have multiple copies? This variant cover, 
Would you like to have it signed? Would you like to have a, a sketch done? Like that's kind of a really interesting idea on crowdfunding because you're asking people to come in on a certain level and then they can just build their own packages. Um, but then yeah, it's, it's all different. Like I like, I, I love Kickstarter though. Cause you get to do like, uh, like uh, Kickstarter exclusives, right? So stuff that you're only selling through Kickstarter, which you can do on Zoop as well. Absolutely. Uh, and then I don't know if Zoop can do early bird specials. I'm sure they can, but I really enjoyed doing that this time around. Like for the first 24 hours of the campaign, like uh, the signed comics were no extra cost and stuff like that. And, and that did really well for me. So yeah, it's just, um, I love it. I love like building like the little like rewards and, and catering to certain people. And then I love watching what people choose. Like this time around, I did a mystery package for the first time because mm -hmm. I saw some other people doing it. And with that, you get two uh, copies of Outbreaks, and it could be any of the covers. So from the, the basic cover all the way up to the super expensive minimal print run covers. Um, you get a, a signed comic by me from my career. So anything I've done at Marvel, DC, and all that stuff. And the booster packs and mis uh, mystery cards and stuff like that. And I didn't think anybody was going to care about that, but that's been our most like one of our most successful things so far. People even getting that as add-ons to their regular pledges. So... I will definitely do that in the future. So yeah, it's all a learning curve and I love it. Like I love, as a kid, I used to um, set up, uh, when my like grandparents came to visit, I used to set up like stuff in my room that I didn't want anymore. It's like a store. And I'd be like, maybe they'll want to buy like these golf balls because I know my grandfather likes the golf and I'll put like buy three, like buy one, get two, three and all. And I was just like really interested in all that like storefront type stuff. So anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So before we move on from, from that book and talk more about outbreaks, I mean, I guess we've talked a lot about the campaign and everything, but uh, what is the book and uh, why should people sign up for the, cause it's not currently live, but it's uh, you can oh, it's live to the Zoop. Oh, oh the, Zoop's, the Zoop's not live, but outbreaks yeah. is live. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, describe the Zoop book and, uh, and why people should sign up for it. Okay, so the book that's on Zoop, which is the my cancelled IDW comic that I'm trying to keep alive, it's called Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. Uh, it's a horror comic, psychological horror, uh, about people that work in this facility at the, the bottomest of the ocean, in the Hadal Zone, because there's all these different zones in the ocean. And it's called the Hadal Zone because it's they say it's the closest to Hades you'll ever get on planet Earth. So I think that's just one of the coolest things ever. So... There's all these people and they work at the bottom of the ocean because they're trying to help this company save their public image from being just the worst oil company in the world, the worst oil spills this company's ever had. Like, they're just really bad. So they built this facility to recycle all of the man-made waste in the ocean because this book's kind of like 50 to 100 years in the future-ish and the ocean is just a mess, right? Like, it's just covered in all of, all of like, the worst stuff imaginable so these people are down there and they're working and things start going strange there's an oil leak uh suddenly the, the the replacement crew that's supposed to replace them is late and they've been down there for four months as well because that's just the way it operates and they suddenly find that the replacement crew that was good to come and replace them has crashed into the side of the facility knocking out the power to their facility and everybody is dead on that ship so now these people are stranded at the bottom of the ocean in the pitch black and things start to get strange. And the whole point of this book is that 
it's playing on all of my childhood fears in one book. So it's uh, we have ghosts in the book. Um, we have uh, demonic possession in the book. We have sea monsters and creatures in the book. So it's a bit like The Thing, Haunting of Hill House, all wrapped up with one pretty horror bow, essentially. So it's, it's a fun, uh, really creepy and personal story um, that's uh, kind of just about why mankind is kind of a dick <laughs> and how we as, as a society make terrible choices. So that's, that's what it's about with ghosts. <laughs> and will that be uh, coming out issue to issue or are you doing like a big collected version of it? I think uh, we're still so in the early days of chatting about it um, that I think we're going to just try and do issue to issue. Um, awesome. But they may have a different idea for it. Uh, we'll see. And so through that soup campaign, I'm going to be rummaging through everything I have in my canvas. Like I'll be selling outbreaks through there as well. Um, I'll be selling original covers I did for Marvel and DC. Like I did a 40th anniversary Star Wars cover um, ages ago. So I'll be selling that through the campaign. So it's just going to be a big old Will Robson's for sale type of deal, you know, and commission. Change it to the Will Robson uh, garage sale. That's right. Yeah. 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 The the online car boot sale. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, let's shift gears over to outbreak because that's the book that's live right now. Uh, I received, as we talked about earlier, I received my copy earlier in the week, maybe even last week, uh, read it today and really liked that first issue. Like you big zombie guy. Oh yeah. Uh, Even though people have kind of, I think walking dead made this oversaturation of zombies, even though, I'm, I'm, I don't know, for me, maybe I'm weird, but, like, I don't get oversaturated with things. Like, Star Wars, you can keep feeding me Star Wars, and I'll never uh, get bored of it. I'm, but, the, I'm a bit Star Wars fed up, personally. I just, I am, I've had too much of my fill on that, and superhero movies as well, but when it comes to zombies, I can, yeah, I, I don't, I can't, can't yeah, be full enough for that. The things I, I like, the things I love, so superheroes, Star Wars, and zombies, like, I just have never gotten to that point so while i see a lot of it and i kind of compare it to what marvel's going through right now where it's like it's kind of cool to hate on marvel it became kind of cool to hate on zombies after like i don't know how many seasons we did the walking dead and they're still going yes they are. but i personally never got sick of it and i picked this book up knowing your name and seeing how cool the book looked and i was i got exactly what i thought i was gonna get which was a fun zombie book Awesome. Uh, with two great stories in it, one that you drew and wrote, and the other one that you just wrote. And uh, yeah, I mean, talk a little bit about what the book is and how the first issue went for you before we jump into the second one. Yeah, I'll ask you quick. What's your favorite zombie movie? It's okay. It's a really weird answer, but there's this book or this movie called Fido that I love. That adore. Movie. I great. adore that movie. That's I, I, kind of like a fallout feel to that movie, right? Yeah, it's like there was a zombie. If anyone doesn't know, there was like a zombie war after World War II, and it's set in the 50s, and they've learned to kind of domesticate zombies, but then, of course, everything goes horribly wrong, and it's just it's a lovely movie. So the spirit of that movie is exactly what I'm trying to do in Outbreaks. Like, uh, I'm trying to tell stories that are not just like 
oh, this person is trying, or this group of people are trying to survive in the zombie apocalypse, right? That's been done to death. That has been done extremely well. And I don't think you can add too much to just people surviving in the zombie apocalypse. I'm more interested in doing things like Fido, where it's like, what if the zombies were domesticated like pets and it's the 1950s? Or uh, that's to me is really interesting and adds new things to zombie storytelling. And the original idea, this, the idea came to me originally when watching a show called Black Mirror. And when watching that show, I was like, yeah, the show is great. It's all these different stories of different styles and genres, but the th common theme through the whole show is technology. And I was like, that's a really cool idea. Like, look how you can just take the subject of technology and create so many different styles of story. Here's a horror, here's a comedy, here's a black comedy, here's, you know, a, a drama. Like, I loved that. And I was like, well, you could do the same thing with zombies. And I was like, absolutely. Like, Shaun the Dead, classic comedy, romantic comedy zombie movie. No one's ever done that, you know, properly ever since. Fido, another comedy zombie movie. There's plenty of drama zombie stories, but I was like, there's room to tell, like, what about a superhero zombie story? And that's what I'm doing with Dead Eye Dick, my backup story in the comic. I was like, what if I took something like Daredevil uh, and zombified it? So that's that's exactly what I did there. Uh, and then Rotten Luck was, I guess it's a bit more like your standard zombie story, but it, it's a black comedy, and it's just about two guys that wake up at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse and they've been locked in the drunk tank and they got to figure out a way to get out of the jail cell or they're going to be left for dead. Like, and that, that's the thing is like having those little hooks that make it far more interesting than just, Oh no, there's an outbreak. And Oh, I, you know what I hate is in zombie movies today when they're like, Oh, are you okay, sir? Oh, get off of me. Why? Oh no, he bit me. Like I hate, like we all know this, the deal, right? Like, we don't need the or it's like seeing Batman's origin story over and over again. Like we know his parents were shot in Crime Alley. Like it's we're fine. on the same page because that was gonna be my example. Like yeah. we, I always joke. The joke I always make, and it's a dark joke, but it, I don't know, is when they tell Batman's origin story. Is like we get it. Your parents are dead. Can we just get to the Batman stuff? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. But go on. Um. So yeah, that's the plan. So right now, uh. I've launched issue two. Issue one was a success. We launched that back in March. Thank you for backing Chris. Um, and that got overfunded, which is awesome. Um, so that helped fund this one, which we got Alex Cormack on the cover, um, who is just to me, like the best horror artist working today. Um, and it's the continuation of Rotten Luck, which is about the two people in the drunk tank. So that's a three-part story. So that will be told in issues one, issues two, issues three. Uh, Dead Eye Dick, the backup story written and drawn by me, which is about a World War II veteran who loses his eye during World War II. And in the 1960s, he's offered an experimental eye transplant. But he doesn't realize that the eye that's going in his head is a zombie's eye. So the zombie eye starts taking over his body craving for human flesh, but also gives them superpowered abilities at the same time. So that's the continuing story that will go throughout all of Outbreaks. And then the other thing is, is we're looking at an image here. The whole book uh, is hosted by a character called the Maitre Z. And this is my ode to things like Creepshow, Tales of the Crypt. Like, I love those old horror anthologies where you just have a character introducing all the stories and making everything feel like it's one theme. Because, you know, with Black Mirror... When you go into it, it's just something different every single time. And mm -hmm. I do kind of miss that common thread of like someone being like, oh, we're in this strange world, right? So, um, 
yeah, the Matrix E, he runs a movie theater in the zombie apocalypse. All of his uh, uh, customers are zombies themselves, including you for some reason. Uh, so you go into the Outbreaks Theater and basically you're pretending like you're watching double features of, of horror. So that, that was sort of the initial idea of that. So that's from issue one. That's the cover by the great David Hartman who helped create the Jackie Chan adventures and lots of other childhood cartoons that are beloved. So it was super awesome getting him on the cover. And yeah, look, it's it's yeah. a huge, huge passion project. Like, if you like zombies, you're definitely going to like the book. Uh, and we got plenty of more stories to tell. I mean, there's going to be a courtroom zombie courtroom drama in the future. That is a story that I really like. Uh, we got uh, a, a story coming up called Dog of the Dead, which is basically Homeward Bound in the zombie apocalypse. You see it from a dog's point of view. Um, cool. We've what else do we have? Uh, we have a very like pull on your heartstrings, Disneyfied zombie story that's called Rust in Peace, and it's like Wally in the zombie apocalypse, and just like tons of just I look my my brain is exploding with zombie ideas. I have them all written down. They've all got pun titles because I just love a pun in a title like Rotten Luck and Dead Eye Dick. Like that's that's what uh, gets me excited. So yeah, look, uh, this is made by a guy who grew up playing Resident Evil and PlayStation One but actually he wasn't playing it because he was too scared to, so he watched other people play it. Um, and someone that watched the Michael Jackson Thriller music video as a kid and found it absolutely terrifying. So if you love zombies, yeah. you're going to love Outbreaks. Yeah, and I love this guy here. Uh, kind of him stitching the stories together and and giving you, not stitching them together, but, but giving you kind of a break from the story and being like, this is him telling the story to you almost. Yeah. And that coming back in a real way in the horror realm with, um, I'm going to zone on the name of the book, but RL Stein's new comic series that's been out, he's doing a similar thing. And that ode to those old anthologies mm -hmm. is just so much fun, especially when like yourself and this one, you have fun with that character and it's a, it's fourth wall breaking, which normally I'm not a big fan of, but in this realm, when you open up the book and he, introduces himself and you're his first customer and it kind of sets up where things are going it was just a ton of fun i thought it was a great idea to, to keep the book flowing well thank you yeah i mean i i basically just took uh the joker and the clown from spawn and mashed them together as a zombie <laughs> uh visually so that that was fun and then yeah, he's just a kooky guy that that loves movies. <laughs> like, even though he's undead, he's like, yeah, but we must keep cinema alive. Yeah, and I thought the first story, the uh, the rotten luck story, I thought did go in kind of more of a traditional um, zombie fare, but had a cool twist in it where like everybody was connected in a certain yeah. way, which I won't spoil, but that added its own realm and also just them being in the drunk tank and being surrounded and kind of being like the, the one character who's the, the coach of the football team. And you get that great flashback to what, how he got into the drunk tank during the football game, him being so confident, like, Oh, we'll figure it out. And then like something happens and it just screws up everything. And he's like, yeah. well, we'll see. Yeah, well, screwed. <laughs> and I actually am, more excited about the dead eye dick story now you explain it because when i read it i read it as i assumed he was going to get something that was going to implant in him and kind of cure his eye issue i didn't 
I didn't go superhero with it. I thought it was more of a horror of like it's taking over his body, and that's why what happened, the beginning of the story happened. So it actually kind of intrigues me more that it's a superhero story, and that's the one that you've stated is going to be more ongoing throughout all of the series, or at least yeah. most of the series, right? Uh, the whole series. So I personally never plan to stop making outbreaks, um, as it is my passion project. I would like to do it until the day I die because I just, I think there's so much potential there. So dead eye Dick will always be a part of that. It's, it's will be the ongoing story. Like I, I could tell that story forever because it's set up that way to be a superhero story. So yeah, that, that guy mm -hmm. in the background there will eventually be very, I don't think I'll have a costume, but uh, you know, he will become essentially like a, a daredevil type character. Yeah. It's really cool. So it, you've got, a lot here um as everybody can see on the screen uh i'm a cover a kind of guy so i always just go with cover a and uh that's what i chose for mine but you talked about some of the the cool rewards you're giving so you've got a lot of the basics the digital combo packs the um variant covers and everything and then you talked a lot about the uh the mystery package from earlier as well yeah. And you've got a ton of covers here. I mean, what what was kind of your favorite thing to add other than the mystery pack? I mean, I know you talked a lot about that earlier. Um, well, I've added a booster pack this time as a reward because when I was first doing issue one, I wanted to make trading cards because as a kid, I loved basketball and Pokemon cards. And I see a lot of people making trading cards and it's usually just, it's kind of like the old Marvel cards where it's just like a picture of a person you're supposed to collect it. And I did that and I was like, that's kind of boring. Like if I received it, because I always make it like it, if I was buying this, what would I want? Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, well, I, what if it looked like an old Pokemon card? So I started doing that. And then I was like, nah, this just looks like, you know, a ripoff of Pokemon. So I accidentally ended up making a fully playable trading card game with all the characters from this book, which is kind of like, I don't know if you ever played Hearthstone or yeah. a bit like Magic the Gathering as well. It's pretty much like that where you, you know, and, and I will release later on how you play the game and stuff like that. Um, so I've, I've created a fully playable game. I don't expect anybody to ever play this game. I don't think, you know, my wife has refused to play it with it with me. So I'll have to play it by myself at some point. But um, I this time around, I'm actually offering booster packs. I found a printer that prints on like the old school, uh, what's it called? Because it was made of a certain material. You know, like the Pokemon packs back in the day. Yeah. You, yeah. So I found someone that can print uh, a logo on there and then also uh, make it so there's 10 cards in there and it's all like stitched up. So that's really fun to me. Like, I'm really looking forward to putting those little booster packs together, choosing which cards go where, like who gets which shiny variant and all the stuff. And, you know, these trading cards are costing me a fortune in printing because I'm getting so many different styles and and variants of stuff, but I love it. So again, that, and that's the whole point of this book. I love, I love it. So I'll just, I just keep making it harder for myself. <laughs> but um, besides that, I really liked the Resident Evil variant cover I did because Resident Evil 2 is like my favorite zombie game of all time. So doing homage to a, a game that really changed my perspective on zombies was, was great. Um, and then yeah, like the sketch covers I have available. Like if you want a commission from me, 
I'm drawing uh, sketch covers on there. I did a, I did one the other day. Let me get up my phone. Of uh, someone requested for the first campaign, a zombified version of Raphael from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I did that. You can see oh, that. That is really cool. On a blank sketch cover. So that's that's the type of stuff that I'm offering as well because I don't usually have my commission list open because I'm so busy, you know, drawing comics full time is, is enough work for me. So this is like, if you want to get a commission from me, that's the place to do it. And selling original art from the book as well. Like the first appearance of the Matra Z that's for sale. So if, you know, I'm trying to cater to everyone's budget, right? You, you don't as, as little as like, Hey, I can't give you much. I, I'll buy the digital version. That's the cheapest option all the way up to the super glossy foil cover extra pages and this that and the other so there's there's something there for everybody yeah and you've got some cool covers to go with uh issue two as well um i was looking to see if i could put up the uh trading cards without giving away my information but <laughs> <laughs> not so much luck but uh, so you got a, a bunch of cool covers for this as well as issue one uh do you want to talk a little bit about some of the, the covers yep. you got uh, so I'm I'm a big Tom McFarlane fan. Everyone knows that. Uh, so with every single issue of Outbreaks, I'm always going to do a McFarlane homage cover. Uh, it's going to be tough as issues go on and stories change to find covers to do. So that's definitely going to be a challenge. But the guy's made so many iconic covers that it should be right. So that's an homage to uh, an issue of the Hulk they did. I don't remember the exact number. But it's the classic image of uh wolverine holding up his claws with a reflection of the hulk in them so i have a character from the book who's at the bars of the jail cell and you can see the zombies in the reflection so that's that homage cover so because i i i kind of like giving other artists i love doing the main cover mm -hmm. and that's something i'm gonna keep as a tradition like sure i could draw the main cover myself but that's not fun to me as a fan of outbreaks myself have, having my art not as the main cover is fun for me personally so Oh, Alex Cormack there. I think yeah. he knocks that cover out of the park. I actually colored that cover myself. But um, we're going to do some more work together in the future because we really like working together, and I think we're a good match. That that cover is awesome. So yeah. uh, that's the one I ended up getting. Um, yeah, you did that. You have the blank cover. I mean, yeah. I don't need to talk too much about that. It's blank, everybody. Yeah, it's got gold text now, though, so ooh, <laughs> it's different. And then, yeah, I like these from the first uh, – uh, issue and you're doing them again now with uh, Resident Evil 2 so you've got some Resident Evil homage covers did you do these yeah I've, I did all of those um, I'm a big retro video gamer like I love retro video games so I just wanted to do something that was homage to that I loved the speech comics on the side that looks like PlayStation and look I even made like the greatest hits one with the green so but I my wife was like that's a bit of a cop out like it's just what a different color there i was like no you don't get it it's like it's the green like back in the day with the greatest hit she's like well then just make it an exclusive or something like i was like all right fine because yeah like, you can't sell just both of those because you changed the color but, uh, but she know, sounds it, like a wise woman because that was yeah. a good idea but i do like i do like that there's a greatest hits version as well as the original as a also a gamer who remembers yeah. these but yeah it is uh it's smart to make one a kickstarter exclusive so that that's a cool cover you did there and then as we're going down, we're getting into some of the other older covers. So these are the, the noir covers, which are just uh, 
no text on them, um, no colors. It's just the pure art, which, you know, a lot of people don't get to see. Mm -hmm. I love when books do this, like, you know, give me like Greg Capullo art like that all day. I love that type of stuff. So those have much more minimal print runs and they're, they're, there's only a limit, uh, limited amount of them you can buy because I wanted them to be special. You know, I, I didn't want, I don't want them to be there to be many of those out in the world. There's need to be uh, collectibles. Yeah, I, I love this stuff too. Um, not as big of, so to put it out there, I'm not big on collecting every cover and all that stuff. There's there's a market for that. People love it and, and bless them for it. But I do like uh, seeing the style of art, especially I've got a few um, art books from different creators mm. from over the years. And I always, I flip through those and those are fun, but that's always really cool. And then the the foil stuff that, you know, comic so, people love shiny things. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to make something special this time around. Um, this is the deluxe version of the book. So it's, it's higher end. It's got way more pages in the book. So you get the full cover gallery of all the covers. You get the making of the books, so loads of behind the scenes pages. It's kind of like a mini trade paperback mm -hmm. of the book, essentially. So, and lots of other little exclusive things that are going to be in there. So it's way more pages. It's it's better quality paper. It's it's got a shiny cover, which is awesome. Like as a kid of the 90s, like a shiny cover is exciting. And I still haven't decided if I'm gonna make it actually like with a spine like a trade paperback or if i'm going to keep it regular so I, i'm not sure yet i'm waiting for people's feedback on that yeah it's tough that that depends on the page count for me um i mean as we're recording this i marvel 1000 came out or marvel age 1000 whatever the hell they're calling it and it's that trade um spine and personally, it's just it's not big enough. I hate it. <laughs> oh, you do what the suit? You know what? Now that you say that, I remember um, I had that uh, Wolverine, uh, Ghost Rider, Punisher, John Romita Jr. book, and that was like really thin, but it was still technically like a trade. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, I can't even yeah. read it. So maybe I maybe I won't do that. And but, uh, and I'm not I'm not the I'm also not the biggest on like my comics have to be pristine. Like I read my comics; they're meant to be read. But it does bug me that like part of the the cover image is on that spine, and there's a bend in it now yeah. from reading it. Like that really bothers me. But it's my two cents. And yeah, so we got some combo packs going through. There's your mystery pack there. Just a bunch of really cool tiers with a bunch of really cool stuff. And yeah, um, it could be overwhelming for people, but I've I've tend to find I personally like when Kickstarters have lots of options because. It just caters to everyone's, you know, budget and interests. Uh, I find it weird when someone puts up a Kickstarter and there's only like three options. I'm like, what? Like, where's all my options? You know? Yeah. It's like you can get the book digitally, traditionally, and you can get two copies. Thank you very much. It's like, wh where, where's all the fun stuff? Yeah, I agree because I tend to be in the minority of things where I'm, I'm fine if you put out one cover and just sell me the book. Like, that's just how I always have been. But I, I just know a ton of people that love the different covers uh some people will go through there's websites that have every variant cover you can get for a book so if you're buying whatever the new let's just say daredevil book is and you can see every cover for issue 14 that just came out and you can pick out the one you want i know people that love just picking out the perfect cover for it and everything so I, there's I, a lot into it that. i'm a cover a guy myself as well uh the last like 
run I was collecting was um, Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder's Batman run in the new 52. And I remember it was my dad actually who was picking me up copies of it from working in London. And, he, and I was like, oh, did you get me the new Batman? He's like, I did. And I got you this variant cover. And I was like, no, it has to be cover A. So I had to like go out and get cover A. So I, I, I definitely sympathize with you there. But yeah. as a creator, variants are super important to your bottom yes. dollar because you have one product, right? Which is your book. And you've got to figure out ways that you can maximize your profit off of one book. So having variants is in a fantastic way. People go overboard with it. You don't need 500 freaking variant covers. I even had four more variants for this Kickstarter. And my wife was like, this is too many variants, like just throw them away. So, so there's that's, that will all be in the, um, the deluxe version. You could see covers that were meant to happen, but that didn't happen. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all a process and figuring out what works, but so far with this campaign, I think we're sitting, what's, uh, what's the numbers right now? Just one so second. We're at 53% funded, uh, £1,876 raised with 47 backers, which is awesome. And this time around, like a, a lot of people just bought the main cover for the last one, but people are getting like the bundles and, and extra stuff and variants. So I'm really happy about that because obviously the higher the pledge, the, the better it is um, in terms of getting to that goal as quickly as possible, which is always the goal. Definitely. And I mean, as we kind of wrap up, we talked about uh, that the second story you wrote and drew. So you do a lot of the, the chores there yourself, but with the first uh, story, you hired an artist to do it. Uh, pimp out the artist. Uh, who are you working with on that story? So Monica McCagney is doing the uh, line art for uh, Rotten Luck, and she's absolutely incredible. She actually drew the, all three issues of it uh, six years ago because I was that's when I was uh, drawing Great Lakes Avengers, and I was taking the money I was making from that to pay her to draw this. Um, and she, she did an incredible job, such a good job that I didn't even need to hire an inker because her pencils were so tight. And the thing was, is that I originally tried to color, I colored the first like issue and a half by myself years ago, and it was terrible. And I was like, my, I am ruining this book. So that's why I decided to take it to Kickstarter because I wanted to raise enough money to hire a super professional colorist, which I did. So I hired Cyril Vincent, who's this amazing French colorist. He's colored things like Assassin's Creed and, and all these other really cool books. And I don't know what happens in France, but they make some of the best colorists in the world in France. And he just, those two together just make such eye candy for me. I think Monica's art is super cartoony, bouncy and fluid. And just uh, Cyril just brings it with, with the colors and, and I personally, I flat the whole book. So I do all the flats and I letter the entire book as well. So I do all the lettering in both stories uh, and the writing for, for Rotten Luck. So yeah, they're awesome. So, uh, so you know, Monica's all paid up. So we don't have to worry about raising money for that. But for this campaign and the next one, just got to get Cyril paid to do what he does best. And that's color comics. Awesome. So, well, thanks so much for sticking around for all this time chatting with me and uh like i said loved outbreaks looking forward to all the books coming out um should point out real quick before we take off too you're also going to be back with marvel here soon to work on uh howard the duck yeah 
um that's coming out in october no, i believe it's coming out in november um i'm just drawing a little eight page fun story in that which is like a what if story what if um how the duck was star lord so i'm drawing the guns of the galaxy and and the little little duck that could and it's great yeah, I'm looking forward to that book. Uh, Howard Duck's always been a fun character over Marvel, yeah. so great to see you working on that too. And uh, if people wanted to follow you further, I mean, obviously they can go to the Kickstarter and the Zoop campaign, check those out. But uh, do you do social media? Do you have a website? Where can people follow everything? So uh, if you want to follow my work, you can follow me at Robson Inc. And that's Robson, I-N-K, anywhere on any social media. I'm on them all. Um, and... You can go to my website, speechcomics.com. Uh, and if you want to read the Dead Eye Dick for free, I'm offering that as a webcomic going forward. So it will come out much later than people get it when they back the book. But that will always be a free story online so that people can get a taste of what Outbreaks is like. So currently, up on speechcomics.com, you can read the first six or seven pages of Dead Eye Dick absolutely for free. So if you're unsure if Outbreaks is for you, Read that, and then you should be able to make your decision going forward from there. Uh, besides that, I also do my own podcast with my brother called Batman the Animated Series Podcast, where we interview guests uh, that have created the show, written the show, directed the show, acted on the show. Um, and I don't know if you're on TikTok, but my brother makes the funniest videos of our dick and fart jokes with Batman the Animated Series involved. And it's very funny. So I recommend that. Uh, yeah, so that that's what I'm doing, and that's where I am. Awesome. So everybody go check those things out. And as you know, you can find links in the show notes down below to the campaigns and to Will's website. So go check those out. Uh, wholly endorse Outbreaks. I really love that first issue. Thank you, Looking man. forward to number two. So yeah, Will, thanks so much. And uh, I look forward to the book. I look forward to chatting you again in the future. And best of luck with the campaign. Thank you so much, Chris. And thank you so much for backing as well. I appreciate that.